Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. His name was Jack. All right, that's that's His cool though. But no, but it's <laughs> which which son did it? Which kid? Uh, Hunter. Hunter. Mm-hmm. So Dave picked turnips out of the cover crop mix grade. and took them to six. His son took them to the sixth grade class and they carved jack-o'-lanterns out of the turnips. I just think that's super awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they all, uh, uh, most of them tried the turnip, oh, and most did. of them had never had turnips before, sure. and the teacher. Hadn't yeah. either, so um, you got to yeah. turnips. You got to be yeah. careful with. Why is this uh, not well, part of the podcast? Why are we not recording? <laughs> oh, we're recording oh, we right now. Recording. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. All right, this is cool stuff. So um, fry them up like yeah, French fries, right? I guess. Well, uh, yeah, they ate them raw, but um, they were um, ranged from like softball size to like um, basketball size. <laughs> what? Yeah, are they? There was some, well, almost. Oh. Uh, uh, soccer ball, like volleyball? soccer, volleyball yeah. size. Wow. Yeah. And um, uh, some of the kids who got those said that uh, they didn't taste very good. Yeah. Yeah. not tasty. Well. So. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. What did they? Did he hollow it out then? Yeah. Yep. A turnip. Yeah. Wow. That seems like I, hard I, work. I, no? Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were gonna hollow them out or just kind of carve, paint them like on the face. Yeah. Yep. Something, but yeah, they they hollowed them out and had a little battery-operated candle and and some of the green, you know, I left like about an inch of the green on top, so they cut that out, you know, just like a regular pumpkin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and had it so yeah. hmm. like those Super Mario turnips yeah. that they picked up. Yeah, yeah you right. know what I'm talking <laughs> yes. about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all know what I mean, all right? <laughs> so, geez, uh, if you're still listening, uh, we are. Uh, the Turtle Talks with the Garden Crew. My name's Colin, and I'm here with Jim, Allison, Dave, and Chris, full crew here today. The last session we had before the Q&A with Lois, we talked about closing up the garden, winterizing it. Well, it's done now, isn't it? It's Jim, I remember you said this. You said that now that the garden's closed, or, or the production is done, that's when our real work begins. And that's, that's closing the garden up, isn't it? Well, Maybe you guys can talk a little yeah, bit about that. We got most of that done. We were busy for a couple of weeks um, getting all the beds raked out and pulling out all the plants and um, amending the soil and putting mulch down and all that kind of good stuff. But there's still some stuff out there. We still have some Brussels sprouts out there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some cabbage that we have a road cover over. We don't know if that's going to make it. And then the, this, the hoop house is still going strong. Sure. So mm-hmm. there's still a little bit going on out there, keeping Chris and some lettuce, true. Few things like that. Yeah, that like that, that. cold hardy stuff just gets better and better this time of year. It yeah, just yeah. gets sweeter and sweeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some nice radishes coming up. Yeah. So we'll have radishes. 
It says here on the outline that there's daikon radishes. Are those coming out now, or you, did you just plant those? Those um, were actually planted a few months ago in the cover crop. Okay. So they were in just part of the cover crop mix with along with the turnips. So they're not getting these big ones yet, I suppose. Uh, yeah. They are. They are big. they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've had them for the lunch salad a couple times now. Nice. They've been on the salad bar. Aren't they funny looking things? I think, you know, when you think of radish, you think that little red ball, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know. Yeah. Still peppery the, though, the, aren't they? You know? The mm -hmm. daikon radish is a key ingredient in kimchi, is that right? It's, it's more yep. of an Asian food. But for the listeners that don't know, daikon radishes can get two plus inches in diameter and 18 inches long, maybe? Big old carrot. I've seen some pretty yeah, huge maybe. ones, maybe even bigger than that, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're used as a cover crop to penetrate the soil and bust it open, break up hard pans, yeah, help to build that that soil, how to break up that soil. and, and But they're good eating, too, and that's where we got the, Dave got the turnips for the school to make the turnip jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> How much longer do you guys think you're going to have produce coming out of that? It sounds like we have a cold stretch coming up where it's not supposed to get above freezing or just up to like 34 degrees and down into the 20s. Oh, man. That might do it. I don't know. We might be able to keep going for another month yet. We'll see. Um, you know, we've had stuff survive down to 4 degrees and even colder in the spring, so we'll see how far we can go. Try to keep Chris and lettuce until December, maybe, or maybe even longer. And then the ponics should be firing up soon, so. I uh, seeded that last week, actually, the aquaponics, so um, in loose leaf. I'm waiting on LEDs because I need to um, redo some of my lights. Okay. So we have to build some new LED grill lights. And um, uh, after I get lights, it should be good. There's no shortage of, of greens coming out to the no. to the kitchen, then. That's always in circulation. That's that's good planning. And then soon we got to, well, sometime in the future, we'll have to pick carrots and, and pack those in sawdust for winter storage down in the root cellar after things get cold enough down there. Explain the sawdust. I thought you were just able to put it in a bag. and To store them in, in a root cellar, you want to pack them in sawdust or sand, something that you can moisten so they stay really humid. You don't want any of the carrots touching. So you layer them, you put down a layer of carrots, and then you put down a layer of sawdust and a layer of carrots. You can use sand, but sand's heavy. <laughs> so we use sawdust, and it works good. Um, yeah, but your root cellar's got to be down in the 40s, 30s, preferably lower than 40 before you put carrots in. Okay. And uh, root crop stored carrots just get better and better, tastier in April than they are when you put them in there in November. So, mm -hmm. yeah, wrapping it up for the year. Two yeah. months till we start planning for next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if you will stay well. Deep in your eyes, I see the truth. Just take my hand because I won't let go Cause I believe in you Let's share these memories and laugh a while The things we did at 22 
of our soil health principles, and that's keeping the soil covered. We want to keep it covered to help it regulate a more constant temperature, sort of insulates it. Those microbes don't want it to be really, really hot or really, really cold. You don't want to be black going into winter. You don't want that exposed soil. You've got more risk of, of um, erosion, whether that's from water or, or wind. Uh, you want your soil covered because you want it to stay there. Put all that work into it, make it yeah. top-notch soil. So we amended this year with some micronutrients, uh, microhume, which was a, a mix of micronutrients specifically that contained boron and copper, um, which we know that we're short of in our area. And then we used some, we didn't have any lime, so we used oyster shells this year, which we happen to have on hand. We realized won't be available right away. It's a really slow release form of, of, of lime. So, and then we added some chicken, compost chicken manure, since we don't have livestock. Well, it still uh, smells the same, that's for sure. Still smells the same. Yep, yes, that's for sure. It mm-hmm. does. Um, no, that, that is for the microbes that you're feeding them, right? Got, they got to have something to eat, right? Well, the, the, winter. That's bas- the chicken manure is basically a source of nitrogen for next year's crop. Um, the microbes want to eat organic matter or carbon, and that would be plant residue. Um, organic matter is, is any something had to live and something had to die if you want organic matter. So any, any kind of byproduct of life that's organic matter, and the mulch adds organic matter as well. The microbes, they, they eat organic matter and they eat plant exudate. And without plants, living plants in the ground, we try to give them, you know, enough to make it through the winter or to go into dormancy and, and come out again in the spring when we give them some roots and, and that. Give them a little help over the winter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. These are our hand-dug raised beds, no-till, the no-till garden. Our larger gardens are cover-cropped for the winter or they're planted to garlic. Those have the living roots, they have the, the living cover, and they'll either stay fallow next year or they'll go into our next rotation, which would be potatoes or corn. I guess we do have the area where we're going to put our sweet corn and squash mulched for next year. So, All right. When I was out there taking the pictures of you guys put the straw down, you know, the amendments, before you did any of that, I saw you guys taking the rake and taking the topsoil off. That's what it looked like to me. Uh, well, I remember, I've been listening. That wasn't the <laughs> Don't tops. disturb the soil. That wasn't the topsoil. We were raking off the leaves that were on there from the year before. The existing just, mulch. Just the, the existing mulch, yeah. Just to get to the soil. And then yeah. f- All right. flattening out the beds and kind of reshaping them a little bit. Okay. They get, throughout the summer, they kind of get misshapen, and we have to re kind of reshape the beds and rebuild sort of the sides. Yeah. Sure. Level them out again. and Sure. And then... And then we rake that all down into the alleyways, and then we remulch on top, and then we'll plant into that again next year. And then next year, since we didn't dig the alleyways out this year, next year we'll, next year we'll have to take and rake all the mulch off the beds and the alleyways, and then take some of that. That by then all that all that <laughs> compost that's been raked down into those alleyways is going to be nice and broken down and nice rich dirt and we'll shovel that back up on top right of the beds and reshape the beds again next year we try to do that every couple of years is what we shoot for i think nice. fairly new into this raised bed system you know but uh basically emulating 
Bruce Bacon's system that he had is what we're trying to do. So we're learning as we're going, but uh, yeah. Sunrise in my eyes Just like a new day A breath of fresh air in my life I don't know how and don't know why But I'll, I'll be toasting all my life But, okay, so when you put together your plan like this is I'm putting so many pepper seeds here I'm putting so many cauliflower plants here you have an idea kind of like an idea of what you're gonna get at the end of the season right how did it turn out compared to your plan what was it was it on par do you think that, that there were some things that were caused a difficulty the, to meet that the, plan or? The, okay so the plan is based on our need so it's based on what the kitchen's gonna need and what we need to fill our CSA shares. We've been trying to hone that over the years. Barb and Dave working with Barb over the years trying to get that estimate better of what we actually need. So, But we do track everything, we write down everything. When we harvest it, we put it on a, a sheet and then we transfer that to a spreadsheet and we calculate that out to get total poundage of produce through the year as well as we attach a dollar value to that. Last year, in 2017, we grew 9,380 pounds of produce, which had an estimated value of $11,800. This year, we were down quite a bit, although we'll have some more produce coming out of the hoop house yet. Um, we got quite a few carrots to harvest. There'll be some greens, which don't weigh a lot. But <laughs> this year, we had, to date, 6,538 pounds of produce. So down quite a bit, but the value was almost $9,000. The poundage was down, but we grew stuff that was more valuable. Dave's specialty peppers was just over 500 pounds total. We had 400 and 454 pounds of sweet peppers and uh, 58 pounds of hot peppers. That's a lot of cayenne peppers. Right. 58 <laughs> pounds is a lot. Of, a and lot those, of, are the, those are the ones that went over to the market, right? Uh, some of them, yes. Yeah. A lot of them went out in the CSA. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then some went out to the grocery store, and then pizza. Uh, Tasty Pizza North. Oh, um, Pequot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, with all of these varieties, was there one that you really had a? Was there one that you liked working with the most? Was there a favorite one that you like that you just would just, I don't know look forward to eating at the end of the day or during your shift or up there, you know? I mean, what was the highlight, I guess, that of, of the garden that you guys enjoyed? It was a long season. I mean, and you guys were out there all day. It, it was a long season, but we eat seasonally. So in the spring, it was the fresh lettuce that we haven't had since October. And in the... Summer, it's the cucumbers that are so juicy and, and tasty. And and by the time fall rolls around, we had, we ate our corn right out in the field. And, 
that every you know every uh, every every little micro season brings something new and special and delicious, and that's that's why we do it. What's one of the reasons we do it? That's that's what we love. Well said, you guys. Carrots are my go-to when I'm hungry and I need to get through the morning. I have a carrot or two and that holds me over till lunch. Mm-hmm. Especially when Chris is cooking something good in the morning and I my stomach gets going right away. Oh, that smell. Oh, my God. My office is right above the kitchen, you know. Right. So Torture. The things I have to deal with, seriously. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my favorite's been the squash. Coming, I didn't get to see the summer part, so the, the fall harvest, the squash has been fantastic. The, Tastes wonderful coming out of there. I'm doing all kinds of fun stuff with it. You um, did like four different types of squash in one lunch. Yeah, that was that was very impressive. Why don't you tell tell them what you did? Um, I had a squash salad, so we I used three different types of squash, cooked it three different ways, and then had a little green salad to go with it. So used apple butter and gouda cheese, and it was delicious. Yeah. Didn't you but do some squash yeah. biscuits or something? Squash biscuits were yesterday. I have uh, a squash ice cream coming up. Oh boy! Ginger snap cookies. So we're gonna we're gonna be in squash for a little while here. So we'll push the limits of squash. Let's see how we do. <laughs> ice creams. Wow. skid steer digging holes just to dig holes what, what are you doing out there <laughs> driving <laughs> looking, back and forth back it's looking um, real messy out there uh, yeah it's uh, <laughs> kind of messy um yeah i uh i have been in the skid steer a lot but uh, we've been uh, working on some large google culture berms and that's the east side of um what we call our twerk building uh google culture is a german word for um, buried wood or wood mound so I um, brought a bunch of logs, and after I dug the shapes of the bed out, I dug them down about two feet, and then I laid some uh, some full-size logs down in the bottom. And then after I laid the logs down in there, I hauled the wood chips, and, and it's been a, a lot of trips hauling wood chips, but uh, I want to get a height that we want. So we, mm-hmm. we want uh, some spots in the berm to be uh, around six feet, six feet tall, so... Just kind of pile up the wood chips, and then I'll take all of the uh, topsoil and the um, and the dirt that I dug out uh, to make the beds. I'll put that back on top, mm-hmm. and then just kind of shape them up, and then we'll add a little bit more wood chips on top of that to create a mulch. Uh, so the idea is um, that you know, the logs and the wood chips uh, kind of act as um, as kind of like a sponge. Um, if uh, in your soil, we're we're on um, sandy soil here, so the water just goes straight down. Mm-hmm. Wood chips that'll uh, create um, a nice moist area under under those berms where we'll plant some nice fruiting trees and shrubs and stuff like that. And then over the years, it will just just continue to break down um, into really good rich uh, soil. So you got 
the microbes that work there and a lot of uh, funguses and bacterias that will consume and convert that organic matter, which is mostly wood. Yeah, what do you plant? So, so. So you're, so you're going to have these six-foot-tall mounds, long mounds, mm-hmm. right along the driveway. You're going to be putting flowers, trees, any crops or anything yeah. on them? Uh, yeah, we, we might um, uh, plant certain uh, certain grasses and flowers, um, shrubs, fruit trees, kind of uh, probably a little bit of everything. So we have other gardens that we take care of in the spring, so we'll, we'll probably split up a lot of plants that we have here and we'll just transplant a lot of things called on those burns. It'll kind of uh, act as like a privacy screen too for that building. Um, and then um, add interest when you drive in. So. Yeah, yeah. Give it a nice welcoming mm-hmm. feel to the campus. Yeah. I can't wait to see what it looks like in the spring. Mm-hmm. I bet it'll look a little yeah, a little more put together, I guess, yep. by then, right? Yep. And when you, when you work on those projects, you know, it's good to have an idea of what you want. But a lot of times they um, end up taking their own shape. Uh, to two on their own, so if, so you just go on and it, it usually turns out great. Yeah, so. so I mean, so you used full logs in there, right? Mm-hmm. You just put them in there, Jim. That probably didn't sit well with you, <laughs> Mr. Lumberman over here. There's a couple nice saw logs buried in there, yeah, just, mm-hmm. but put to waste, right? It's just I probably went to got them to my mill anyway. <laughs> it's just hard to watch sometimes. And, something you care about these are these are from a landscape company from a tree removal company so they're probably yard trees which are usually full of very very Mm -hmm. very seldom new yard trees live to be 100 years old without getting a nail or a spike or something put into them you got to put your hammock up hang it up somehow right you don't have to take out too many teeth on a saw blade to to take away the value of the lumber that you're trying to cut right so Um, yard trees are a little sketchy anyway so I built a couple of these we built one on our farm that was not near as tall but it was a couple hundred feet long and they take a few years to to kind of start to break down a couple years before they still really start to perform Mm -hmm. Um, takes a while for that all that woody material to start to break and for the for the fungus and the bacteria to colonize it and and start to build that soil but over time they really you know the one up at Duluth Grill has really come along over the years now mm-hmm. and and um, we're trying to we're, we're hoping to make it pretty low maintenance if people you know some of the some of the residents out in the twerk and the other buildings out there want to garden on that they could plant annuals on it too so we'll see where it goes but sure. for the most part we just want um, native species and some fruiting species that are pretty easy to maintain and low maintenance and so we try to stick to, to native plant communities when we're when we're planting. So I'm sure in a future podcast, after we've got everything all planned out, we'll be discussing what we're putting on and why. Because we just want something that's well-suited for the climate and the soils and to each other. Always looking to find that system, good balance. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you do have any questions or comments, please let us know at info at happydancingturtle.org. We love having your feedback. This is Colin and the rest of the garden crew. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.